today, you know, you've heard that saying, like, uh, what's in a name? Um, well, our little phrase, catchphrase today, our takeaway phrase is everything's in a name. Um, we're going to transition just a little bit. So we've been talking about, you know, being on a journey. And by the way, we got some more of our uh, wall painted. It looks really good, doesn't it? But we have this path, and we're on this journey this year. And on this journey, on this path, one of the things that we realize that we need in the path of life is wisdom. You don't want to go down this path without wisdom. And so the last three weeks, we've just been talking about the importance of wisdom and, a couple, and several aspects of wisdom. Uh, but another thing that, that we need, and as we go through Proverbs, because it is the book of wisdom, another thing that we need is a good name. You don't want to go down this path without a good name attached to you as well. Because this path is rocky enough as it is, you know, the path of life, the Christian path. But, but uh, something that will benefit us on this path is carrying a good name with us. And so, you know, what's in a name? Everything's in a name. And that's going to be our thought this morning. So I want to talk about names for a second. I came across uh, this list of names that you can give to certain, certain ones of certain professions. Now let's just see, I'm just going to see if you guys can uh, guess what they are. So if we, we were going to name a lawyer's daughter, what would be a good name for her? Now Johnny, Cars- or Johnny uh, Cash would help you with this, only it was a guy. Sue, <laughs> I said that's funny. Uh, a, a, fa- a thief's son, Rob. All right, a doctor's son. Probably won't get this one, but Bill. <laughs> a cattle thief's son, Russell, a cattle thief's son, an iron worker's son, I thought this was kind of good, Rusty, <laughs> a sound tech's, uh, a technician's son, that would be me, Mike, okay, uh, a movie star's son, Oscar, <laughs> A barber's son. This is something I don't have. Hair. <laughs> or Harry. Yeah. A plumber's son. John. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. So, Proverbs 22, verse 1. This is going to be one of our verses that we look at. But it says... A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. And favor is better than silver and gold. A good name has that much value to it, that it is more valuable than silver and gold. Sean and I were talking last Wednesday, right after our our Bible studies had uh, concluded, and we were out here in the foyer, and and I was talking to him about the Atmos uh, energy, and I said, you'll never believe who came in and worked on, uh, you know, our gas situation. He says, who? And I said, uh, Nathan Bolt. And he's like, he's back? And I was really confused. I was like, I didn't know he went anywhere. Uh, and so I'm trying to figure out why he said that. And he's trying to figure out, you know, why he quit the ministry and went into gas, you know, work. And then all of a sudden I realized I used the wrong name. It's not Nathan Bull, it's Nathan LeBlatt. That's what I was trying to say, right? Well, there's two Nathans, but they're two totally different people. And it just made me realize that, that that's the whole point of a name, right? 
And a name is to identify us. It is to help us be on the same page when it comes to our thoughts. But a name, when I, I can throw out any particular name, and if it's somebody that you know, all of a sudden it's like your brain is, is like the superpower um, computer, and it'll bring up this folder of, you know, that's all the information you know about this person, and instantly just process all kinds of things. You, you will have a picture of them in your head. As soon as, you know, you mention this name, you'll have all kinds of thoughts and emotions that are attached to this person. Uh, you'll have their voice, you know, what they sound like, everything. I mean, it's just like instantly, you know, like just seconds, and you have just all kinds of, you have, you know, if, if they treat you well, you'll have warm, fuzzy feelings about them, and if they have not treat you well, then you'll all of a sudden have maybe anger or or, or, you know, just kind of some kind of negative uh, emotion going on inside of you just because you just say a name, right? It, it, it's, it's kind of remarkable, really. But for instance, let's just practice this for just a second. Here's two names that we can't ignore in our world today. But what if I said Putin? All of a sudden, you have a picture and you have all these thoughts and, and what you know about it. What if I said Zawinski? Same thing, right? Only they, it seems like they're almost extreme opposites of maybe the emotion spectrum. And it's just a name. You know, I, I studied uh, names, and I, I find it interesting, actually. You know, in the Bible, names often were given in association with what was going on. Like, sometimes God would name people or give them a, or rename them, you know, because of a circumstance. But a lot of times parents would name them based on, you know, what was going on. But interestingly enough, that when we read the Bible, we're only given first names, aren't we? I mean, there's a whole lot of Marys, and sometimes it gets a little confusing about, like, what Mary are we talking about here? And you have to do a little bit of, you know, textual, uh, uh, you know, try to expand out real quick to see which Mary we're talking about or which John we're talking about or which James we're talking about because there's several of those. And it wasn't until like 1100 that we got these surnames attached to us. So in the Bible, how they would distinguish to make sure everybody's thinking of the right Nathan, right, uh, is by it would be association with something else about them. Like, uh, Mary Magdalene. Well, Magdalene is not her last name. It's just where she's from. Or Mary the mother of Jesus is what they would say. Or James the lesser, meaning that little James, you know, and there would be big James. And, and they understood that just based on that uh, situation. So, but around 1100, it, it's, it was hard to be on the same page when you would mention somebody's name. And so, they gave these surnames, and a lot of times surnames just came out of what profession they were, you know, whether they were a cook or a blacksmith or, or what, and that's how a surname was attached. Or sometimes it was where they lived, by a brook or a stream or something of that sort, uh, and the surnames would come that. So it was still a way of just distinguishing people the way that they were. Anyway, I find that that, that kind of stuff is just really uh, fascinating. Um, but names in general is just a way of identifying us. And you, when you are identified, we want to be identified in a good way. You know, um, in April 15, 1865, there was somebody well-known uh, by his name, and it's John Wilkes Booth. And you know all about him. He doesn't have a, a good name. 
attached to him because he assassinated our, our president, President uh, Abraham Lincoln. And, and he escaped right after that took place. I guess he was injured, his leg or something, and he ends up going to a doctor, Samuel um, Mudd, M-U-D-D, uh, for help. And I guess it turns out that they thought that he was part of the conspiracy. And so he ends up going to jail. And it's an interesting story. You ought to read it sometime. It's even kind of popped up, you know, somewhat recently because they are still trying to, you know, it, they just recently came up with the Samuel Mudd Relief Act, which was just trying to exonerate him uh, even further. He was, he was pardoned by uh, President Jackson um, eventually. But but the point is, is that that's where I always wondered where you get that. You know, your name is Mud, right? That's where that came from. And you didn't want your name to be Mud, by the way, uh, or associated with that. Um, so what kind of name do you have? Because that's really what I want to visit with us about uh, this morning. I think this is what God is, is trying to get us to think about as we are on this path of life. We are on this journey. What kind of name are we carrying around with us? You know, um, today uh, we're just going to kind of switch this up a little bit. But uh, I want to—I want to. There's two types of names. I'm just breaking it up into two categories that we find in Proverbs. Uh, we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 10, also verse seven. So just these two: Proverbs 22:1 and Proverbs 10:7. Two types of names that I want to mention here, and they're just simply this. The first one is I want to discuss with you uh, a disgraceful name. This is the kind of name that you don't want to take down the path of life with you, a disgraceful name. But it's mentioned here in Proverbs ten seven. The memory of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. The memory of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. And so here we find the name of the wicked. This is a name that no one wants, but it's a name that some people carry, you know, with them. And I just want you to see some things associated with this. One, I want you to see the sin that's associated with a bad name. The word wicked simply describes a bad person, uh, in and out, you know, a, a bad person within. Uh, just, and because, you know, like Jesus was always saying, it's, 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 uh, it comes from the heart, you know, and out uh, that identifies a person or defines a person. And that is the, the way it is. If I were to just give you some more names here, Instantly, you would think, oh, that's a wicked person. Like Charles Manson, Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, those are all like serial killers they had in mind, right? Just a bad, bad person, bad, wicked name. But there's also other things like Hitler, that would definitely be one. Horrible, six million Jews that he completely annihilated off the earth just because... Of him, and so just that name. Can you imagine anybody naming their child after that man? No way. Who would do that? It was crazy. But here's another one. I've already mentioned Putin, right? I don't think that his name is going to be spread. I can't imagine in history. Just 
just the wickedness of that. And then there's other things that are, that are not necessarily attached to that, but Casanova, Hugh Hefner, bad name. Not necessarily wicked like killing people, but just immoral behavior and immoral lifestyles. And those are extreme examples, but there are names in our circle, in our relationships, that still have that attached to it, just a bad person. Here's another thing, and that is not just sin that is attached to that name, but also shame attached to that name, right? Proverbs 10, 7, Solomon says, the memory of the righteous have like a blessing. There's a blessing there. And there are certain people that when you hear their name, it just, it just, it just brings good feelings to you, good memories, good thoughts, sweetness, you know. And yet there are, is the opposite of that, and that is the wicked. And Solomon says, the wicked shall rot, is what he says. So there's just this disgrace that is attached to this name. The, the uh, wicked live, there's just like a, a I don't know, a decay, uh, uh, bad feelings associated with the, the memory. And who wants to live and carry on that name? That, like every time somebody mentions your name, that it's associated with bad thoughts and bad feelings. Who wants a name associated in that way? So let me just ask you some questions, and then we'll go on to the good stuff. When someone thinks of you or hears your name, what normally registers in their thoughts? He or she lives like the devil himself. (laughs) Hopefully not. He or she is mean as a striped snake. They're always causing trouble. You never can believe anything they say. You just have to take it all for a grain of salt, you know. Oh, he's such a dope head. Oh, she's just an old drunk. He has the worst foul mouth I've ever heard. They're always going from person to person in an immoral relationship. Because the reality is, is that every time our name is used, it brings up thoughts and emotions and and ideas. And so, Solomon, in all of his wisdom, is trying to tell us Really treasure your name because it is more precious than gold and silver itself. So that's why let's just finish this conversation with the good stuff, and that is a delightful name. Proverbs 22, verse 1, it says, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver and gold. There's two things I want you to see here, and that is a a good name is a name that others admire. That's the kind of name that we want. That's the kind of name that we want to try to build and earn. 
is when people speak our name, we want them to speak it with respect. They want, we want people to think on, honesty and dependability and integrity and respect. You know, talking about Abraham Lincoln, what do we always refer to him as? Honest Abe. And he earned that name. You know, I don't know which stories are true, which aren't, but one of the stories that I've always heard of Abraham Lincoln is when he was a kid, he worked in a, a, as a clerk, and they would weigh out, you know, their flour and different things of that sort, and I don't remember exactly what they were weighing out, but customer came, maybe it was coffee, I don't know, but they were weighing it out, and she purchased the coffee, and later that day, he realized that there was a little weight that was on the scale that he didn't notice that was there. And so it wouldn't have been a whole lot, but he realized that she got cheated a little bit out of her. And the story goes that he closed the store and went and gave her what she was lacking just to... And the reality is, is that I know people like that, don't you? That would do that, that would make the little things... uh, I've known people that found things in their cart at Walmart... You know, outside, obviously, they already got paid for it, just didn't get put in the car, and they take the effort to take it in and say, this isn't mine, you know, or, or other things of that sort. But just people that have this integrity about them that they just want to make sure that they protect their name, and they just want to do what's right. There's, uh, I, I read also a story about uh, in northern Germany way back, this was seven hundred plus years ago, there was some merchants there that the Easterlings, and they would mostly deal with, you know, just weighing things out, and they began to have a reputation about them that that everybody felt like they could trust them. So they just had all kinds of, you know, business and notoriety and things, and eventually um, they began, like, to be known as the sterlings. That's how they abbreviated it, and it it was attached to gold and silver and things, and so that's where we get sterling silver, and just the weight is just because of the integrity that these people, Easterlings, uh, the merchants of Easterlings, uh, had. I just find things like that pretty fascinating. One of the, the greatest treasures that we can have is a good name. You lose your good name, you've lost something valuable. I remember when my grandpa... He used to always tell me, you know, you need your education because they can take everything from you, but that's one thing they can't take from you is your education. And that's so true, but I think another thing that could be added to that little short list is having a good name. You know, they can take a lot from you, but they can't take away your good name. Zwinski has been somebody that has inspired a lot of people, you know, and rightly so. But what's interesting is the things that have popped up since he has shown his uh, has has shown us what kind of a, a person that he is. You know, this person of courage and this person of self-sacrifice. This person that I mean, because we all know that the United States and probably other people offered to get him and his family out of there and to for him to run the country from a safe distance afar, and he had nothing to do with that. And all of a sudden, there was just this admiration, you know, that was attached to it. But some of the things that have come up since then that has brought somewhat clarity, right? Because, you know, we all had our sides about some of these things, but I think all of a sudden, now it's, it's like brought credibility to what maybe the, the truth was. And that was, you know, at one time when, when Trump was 
being accused of having that conversation with him and bri- trying to bribe Zelensky. You do, I don't know if you remember all that, but it, it's come up several times, not just on Fox, but even on some of the other uh, TV stations. And now I think everybody is like, knows that what he said was true. And what he said was, uh, we didn't talk about anything. I didn't receive any kind of bribe. I'm just telling you the truth. See, a good name is, has some value to it, doesn't it? A good name will end up taking you a long ways. A good name is impressive. A good name is valuable. It's rare. I think that's one of the reasons that the media has, like, latched on to that and, and has brought that up several times now. It's just because I think both sides sometimes are, like, wonder. Anytime a politician or any leader says anything, if they wonder... Is it really true, or is this their truth? Because it's rare in our land, to be honest with you, not trying to get ahead, not trying to use things to promote your own agendas and things. And it's the last thing I want to say about this, and that is that you, if you want a good name, you have to earn it. It just doesn't come free. And it doesn't come without, you know, putting out the effort to have it. You know, Proverbs tells us that a good name is chosen, right? And that's the word they use. It's a, it's a name that one earns. Uh, we acquire it by effort. You can't lie to people and earn a good name. You can't deceive people and earn a good name. You, you can't you know, compromise and think that you'll have a good name. You have to earn it every time. Martin Luther King Jr. is one, one of, in one of his famous speeches, he has said this. He says, I have a dream that my four children will one day live in a nation where, there will, where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the conduct of their character. Now, as much as I believe that we've come, that we have a lot to, yet to do when it comes to color of skin, I do think that we have moved forward a lot since the, the time that he said this. But I do think that also it gets a little cloudy and confusing at times because sometimes I think you can be judged by judging somebody by the color of their skin when actually you're judging them by the conduct of their behavior. I mean, if you're going to burn down somebody's business just to promote something that you want promoted at somebody else's expense, it's pretty hard to not judge that conduct, even though they are saying that it is about color and things. And I think that that's just, there's a lot of things like that, right? In the Bible, God does not care about your color of anybody's skin, but he does care about the conduct of your behavior. And it doesn't matter what we do, we have to realize it's going to have some effect on our name and how people see us and relate to us. John Wooden the former basketball coach of UCLA, he says this. He says, be more concerned with your character than with your reputation. Your character is what you really are while your reputation is merely what 
others think of you. And I was just like, man, that is so deep. In fact, that really helped me in just preparing for this message, right? Because I really thought that what I was going to be talking about is if you want to have a good name, you have to have a good reputation. But then I read that and I was just like, you know, that makes so much sense to me. And it just takes it to a whole different level, a different, a different depth. Because what he's saying is you, you got to protect your character not your reputation. Because sometimes you can be misrepresented in your representation, but you've got to protect your character. And so I just think that that's tr- so true, isn't it? You can have a good reputation because you build it up on lies and deceit and people believe you. <laughs> but you can also have a good character and not have a good reputation because people want what they want. Calvin Coolidge says... We do not need more knowledge, we need more character. D.L. Moody described character as what you are in the dark. I remember a professor at Ozark Christian College always told us that his definition of character is, is who you are when no one is looking. And for whatever reason, that has just always stuck with me. Who you are when no one is looking. Because then who you are is completely based upon either your relationship with God or just being a, choosing to be a good person. Another has said this, the measure of a man's character is what he would do if he knew he would never be found out. Horace Greeley wrote, fame is a vapor, popularity is an accident, riches takes wings, only one thing endures character. And the reality is, is that as I think about that, you can't have a good name unless you have good character about you. Unless you have this desire to be good even when no one's looking. Even if it benefits you not. Even if it would cost you something in order to have your character. And every Christian should have a good name attached to them. We should not claim to be, nor should we think that we are followers of Jesus without really protecting and thinking and, and, and valuing a good name. Because that comes along with it, right? I mean, when, when people say our name, the first thing you would want, I would want, for them to think of is that they are a good Christian man. That, that, that God somehow gets glory for who I am and that somehow I've communicated to the people around me that the reason I am the way I am is because I'm trying to be a disciple of Jesus. And so therefore, God gets the glory in the midst of that. You know, an old retired preacher has said this, there are a lot of people going to hell because the people go into heaven. <laughs> Think about that for a second. There's a lot of people going to hell because of people going to heaven. He's just talking about how we're not representing and not carrying around a good name. And yet we are walking around saying that we are attached to the one. Anyway, it was just kind of 
a shot in the face. What kind of name do you have? What do you think most people think of you when your name is mentioned? I don't know who wrote this, but I want, I want to read it to you. It's, it came from your father. It, it was he who gave it. So it's yours to use and cherish as long as you may live. If you lose the watch he gave you, it can, it can always be replaced, but a black mark on your name, son, can never be erased. It was clean the day you took it and a worthy name to bear. When I got it from your father, there was no dishonor there. So make sure you guard it wisely after all is said and done, and you'll be glad the name is spotless when you give it to your son. And the thing I like about that more than anything is just reminding us of what is, like, at stake. It's not just you bearing the name for your own benefit, although it benefits us greatly. As we're walking this path in life, carrying around a good name is going to get us so much further and making sure that we're on the the right path. But it also benefits all those that we are attached to as well. You know, I've said this before, and every now and then I try to embarrass Dub. He's okay with it, I think. We'll just see. But Lori and I were always, we always heard Dub say to Grant many times, like, uh, you know, as, as the boys were fixing to go out and do whatever, you know, out in, out in town, and he would always say, don't embarrass me, son. You know, remember who you represent, something like that. That might not be exactly what you say, but something like that, Dub. But Lori just loved it, so much so that she just stole it from him. And that's what she started saying to our kids every time they would go out and about is, you know, don't embarrass, remember who you represent kind of thing. And, uh, and I think it's just a, an awesome reminder that we're protecting a name here. You're protecting your name. You're protecting the name of your mom and dad. You're protecting the name of Jesus Christ. And there's some things here that are important, and your decisions that you make today will, will have some impact one way or the other, for the good or the bad. What kind of name are you passing on to your children? That's another thing that that little uh, poem that I read to you reminds me of. It's, it's, it's just instilled that, right? What kind of name are we passing on to our kids? What kind of name do you have as a Christian? How are you representing God? You know, during the the first five days or so of this conflict, this war, it's not a conflict anymore, it's a war between Russia and Ukraine, you know, they spoke a lot about giving Putin an off-ramp. You know, and I don't know if, if they were or not, that was somewhat of the media speculation and, you know, there was a whole lot of people they interviewed at that point in time. I don't see that much anymore, any conversation about that. Don't, I think everybody's convinced that he's not looking for an off-ramp. But at the, at the time, they were just trying to, maybe he just needs a way out with, and, and save his ego and save his, you know, his whatever. And so there was this conversation, and it just made me, you know, like an exit. And it just made me realize that 
as I was preparing for this, that, that God is always providing that for us. He's always given us an off-ramp. He's always given us an exit. Not to save our integrity or our ego. In fact, that's what we have to lay down, full surrender kind of thing. But, but he's always given us an opportunity to leave something behind for something greater. And just even when it comes to our name, you know, it could be that our name doesn't have all of that great, create great emotions with people when they hear our name, or at least not what we would want it to be. Maybe they don't think that we're evil, you know, or anything like that, but they also don't see us as godly. They don't see us as, you know, really good people. But let me tell you something. This is something that God can allow us to change anytime we want. That's one of the things I appreciate, like when God comes to Saul and changes his name to Paul, or he comes to Abraham, Abram and changes his name to Abraham, and all of these name changes, it just makes me realize that we can all do that ourselves. Not in a, in a spelling of the name necessarily, but in what everybody absorbs. We all know people who have changed. And some of them that change rapidly also change those feelings rapidly in other people's thoughts. And any time that we want a better name to take down our path with us, it's always available to do. Revelation 3, 11, I'm just going to close with this. It says, I am coming soon. Hold fast that you, that you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven, in my own new name. And it's just one of those scriptures that just remind us that, that we have been given a new name in Christ, a new creation that we are. And just like Natalie, here she is, a new believer in Jesus. And now, Natalie, not only do you represent yourself, right? And I'm embarrassed, I'm sorry. But you also represent Jesus. And, and you're carrying his name everywhere you go, too. And, and so we have this new name about us, you know, Christian, follower of Jesus, and not only is it important for us to protect our name, but it's also very important for us to protect that name and who we represent. So let us make sure we are carrying the name that we want. And if we need to make some decisions today just to change people's perspective of, of our identity, it can happen right here, right now. This can be the very first moment in time. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for just the opportunity to, to be reminded from your word the importance of our name and to, to just see the wisdom here that Solomon is imparting to his hearers that this this name that we carry is, is more valuable than silver and gold. It has so much value to it. That it, us to see the importance of 
our behavior represents you directly to the people around us. That we can make you look good or we can make you look bad. But that we should, if we're going to be followers of you, that we should be very concerned about how we represent you. We thank you so much, Father, for just the opportunity to to be reminded of these truths. In Jesus' name, amen.